Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we have a special guest. A retired priest of the diocese, Father Jim Bream, will be here to tell us how he got his call of the priesthood, what he enjoyed most about being a priest. I had never met Father Bream, um, so he, this was a new connection for me, and I think Father Bream and I are kind of kindred spirits in our personalities, so it was a lot of fun to interview him. I hope you'll stick around for that interview. We also have, I have to remember to say this right today, Biblical Bites with Dr. B. I have Dr. Chris Bergwald sitting across from me with a big old smile on his face because he's like, I have no idea what's happening right now. <laughs> Hi, Renee. Hi. We're going to dive right in. It's okay. year B. Yes, it is year gospel. B. And it's the second Sunday of Lent. Second, second Sunday of Lent. Uh, this is why we're diving right in. Um, I'm going to read the, the the gospel is the transfiguration, which I just, I, I love the fact that the church, it's Lent, right? Like, move it over. We're very somber. And we're yes. doing And we're penances. like, oh, I got to give stuff up. Uh. And here, the second Sunday of Lent, we have the transfiguration. Mm-hmm. Put it, so I'm going to read this. And both you and Elise, I'd like you guys, so you guys, and you, the two of you. Should have warned her. We could have put a mic on her. Oh, no, 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 that's okay. Uh, she can be loud. Okay. <laughs> uh, I want you, though. So tr- so uh, there used to be way back before your time, Elise, um, Frosted Flakes had a commercial, Taste Them Again for the First Time. So I want you to try I don't even to remember hear, that. Or cornflakes. Frosted Flakes or cornflakes. Okay. What are the two? It was Kellogg's. Okay? okay. Just go with me. Okay. <laughs> um, I want you to try to listen to Mark's telling of the Transfiguration as if you've never heard it okay. before. So you got to pay attention. Okay. Okay. Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became dazzling white, such as no fuller on earth could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were conversing with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He hardly knew what to say. They were so terrified. Then a cloud came, cast a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice, sorry, casting a shadow over them. From the cloud came a voice, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone but Jesus alone with them. As they were coming down from the mountain, he charged them not to relate what they had seen to anyone except when the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead meant. Okay. Questions or observations? What, Renee, I'm going to start with Renee. Um, did you notice anything that you haven't noticed before? And you can say that. Um, yeah, actually, uh, they never did build tents. They never built tents, right? Right. <laughs> like I never really realized that. Elise, was there anything that you noticed that you've never noticed before? And again, you, you may not have. I never considered like what. I don't think I would have offered to build a tent for something that comes <laughs> from the sky. <laughs> from the sky. the sky. Okay, if you didn't hear that, she she wasn't sure we should build a tent for something that comes from the sky. Right. Which like, is what's true. Going on here? And like, why would you take me up here and not let me share what like crazy We're, thing just? Oh, oh yes. yeah. Why what, not share? Yeah, yeah. Uh, any, any, any question? Okay, that was a kind of a question, Renee. Any mm. question? Okay. So, a couple of things. First of all, this happens right after Peter makes the confession that Jesus is the Messiah. Oh, right. And this happens, but then there's going to be uh, again another allusion to Jesus's death. So the the prophecy of his crucifixion and death. So in the midst of this, and at the beginning of our Lenten journey, beginning ish. 
we get the transfiguration. The transfiguration reveals to us who Jesus is. He is God. But what the heck is going on? So this is the thing that I want to focus on. So I, I was really struck by what you guys found interesting. What I want to just for the time, for sake of our time here, Elijah and Moses. Why Elijah mm-hmm. and Moses? Mm-hmm. Any idea from either of you? Well, I think Moses is considered the greatest of the prophets, right? Close. Okay. So you're very— so. Maybe Elijah is. I don't know. <laughs> so Moses, repre- what did God give Moses? The Elise? law. Oh, sorry. I thought you, I didn't know you were saying, this is Elise. She says at, the law. <laughs> looking at. So, I was going to say commandments. Uh, right, which are part of the law. Yeah. So Moses is the figure who sort of represents the law. And Elijah is considered the great, even though his successor, Elisha, did even more miracles than he did. Elijah is sort of like the prototypical Old Testament prophet. Mm-hmm. So you have the, 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 law, the law and the prophets talking with Jesus. Jesus is the new covenant. He's fulfilling everything that came before. So it's fitting that he's here talking now with these two great figures. So what we see is the transfiguration. He has God himself summarizing everything that's come before and he's fulfilling it now in his ministry. Good stuff, Dr. B. Thank you. You bet. In the studio with me today is Father Jim Bream, a retired priest of our diocese. Welcome, Father Jim. Thank you. Thanks, Renee. Glad to be here with you. Yeah. So, uh, Father Bream came in because, uh, now now her name has completely left my mind, but someone who we mutually know who is planning a retirement. Surely. Yes, surely. Thank you. Who is planning a party for you later this year for your 60th anniversary of your ordination as a priest reached out to me and said, you know, it'd be really great to have Father Bream come on and tell his story as a priest, because he's going to be celebrating 60 years as a priest, which is a lot. So how do you feel about that anniversary coming up? Well, okay, first of all, you said it, it, you, they're going to have this party for me. Yeah. No, not, not, oh, okay. that's not the attitude that I'm, okay. why I did. I, I thought of that originally. I want to use something to say thanks to people oh. who have helped me so much over the 60 years. Sure. That's what I want to be. That's a great it's reason. A, it's a Thanksgiving thing for people who have helped me. That's in these fantastic. Years. Yeah. So it's not really for me. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. I like that even better. That's really great. Yeah. Seems like uh, I've only, we've, I've never met Father Bream, so I just met him today before we started. And uh, it, that totally seems like your personality so far. So okay. <laughs> I like it. All right, so we wanted you to come in and tell us about um, how you came to be a priest, how your time as a priest, how things are going in retirement. Um, so let's just start. If you'll tell us a little bit about your family, where you grew up, kind of that that part of your life. I'm a Sioux Falls person. My folks farmed on the west side of Sioux Falls, and uh, uh, that's where I was raised. Went to country grade school okay. on the west side of Sioux Falls. And I went to Cathedral High School here in Sioux Falls in this very building where we are uh, right, right, right now. Right. Um, Can I ask a question about the farm on the west side? So, where that farm was located, is that now city of Sioux uh, Falls or was all, it further out? It's all homes. I'm not sure whether that's as uh, marked as part of the city or not. But I it's all know. homes now. It's all homes, yes. Wow. wow. Would, no, that was our farm. Is that weird for you? What's little, that? Is that weird for you a little bit? Well, I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, it's got to come sooner or yeah, later. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, how many brothers, sisters? 
There were six of us born. Mm-hmm. Uh, five lived. Okay. One died in infancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, three boys and three girls, okay. actually. Uh, one of the girls died. She, she's the died, one that died early. Sure. Uh, but my two sisters have died, and their husbands also. Uh, my two brothers are still alive. Nice. Um, are they nearby? One's in San Diego and one here in Sioux Falls. Okay. The one in San Diego is really enjoying the weather right now, I bet. I know. His health is very bad. <laughs> oh. So I don't know if he's He's not enjoying, enjoying weather. No. Oh, shoot. Well, okay. He did once. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, okay. So a farm boy. Yes. Grew up here. Um, you you mentioned you didn't always know you're going to be a priest. So how did it come about that you decided to go to seminary? I avoided it. <laughs> Uh, I, I did, I stuttered badly when mm-hmm. I was a high school kid here in Sioux Falls and later on after that too. Okay. And so the thought of having to say something in front of everybody sure. was terrifying to me. Yeah. I would do, I did everything I could to forget about it, mm-hmm. but the idea wouldn't quit, wouldn't leave me. But so then I just said, well, okay, I still got the idea. I'm going to go to the seminary, but. I will quit. I had no intention of finishing oh, in the seminary. There was no I will quit if. It was just I will quit. I will quit. <laughs> okay. I will quit. Okay. Yeah. So you obviously went all the way through seminary. What yeah. happened? Why did you stay? It's not because I thought the seminary was that great, because I didn't. Uh, I guess I just felt, well, I guess I needed to be here. Okay. I think I saw it part of the process. Okay. We we're going to be a priest, but I didn't want to be a priest. In fact, I looked to for religious life oh, uh, sure. before that Yeah. in a community. Uh-huh. Uh, and that just didn't seem to fit? That's right. With okay. Christian brothers, I looked at that, but I thought, no, that wouldn't work for me. And okay. I don't know any other uh, male order. So. Right. So I thought, well, I'll, seminary, I'll go to the seminary, but I will quit. Mm-hmm. So God must have been tapping you on the shoulder somehow. He was, he was like, oh, well, the, Jim Bream, you need to stay here. <laughs> the, the idea of, of helping people, I'm a sensitive person. Uh, okay. And farm animals, I was always careful about farm animals mm-hmm. and, and people. Uh, uh, yeah, I have a sensitive character. And and, uh, and so the thought was there, but I, I wanted to leave, but it wouldn't. Right. So how did you resolve the stuttering? Because you clearly don't stutter now. I will if I'm not careful. Okay. I know how to cover it up. Oh, okay. And did you learn that during seminary? Was that early oh, no, on no. in your priesthood? No, they didn't do any of that stuff in the seminary. In my okay. Days. Okay. No. So how did that happen? Was uh, that that was later on in life that you that you were able to overcome that? Is that right? Yeah, it was early on because I had to learn. Mm-hmm. You know the thought of. Running in my first few years as a priest, I had a terrible headache oh. every Sunday afternoon. Oh gosh! Because I had so much worry about the tension of standing in front of people. Yeah. Um, but you learn to avoid certain words. Okay. You learn how to to speak more clearly, carefully. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that really helped. Yeah, but yeah. you learn it by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. There's no such thing as Yes. Uh, what, what do they call it today? Speech language or? Oh, yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah. In school, sure. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There wasn't any of that. There no. was barely, that was barely there when I was in school. So, yeah. 
Well, I'm glad you were able to overcome that because I, I'm, even though you, you don't say it, but God had to have been working on your heart a lot to keep you there despite yeah. all of those problems. But I look that back problem. on it. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. 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 Even though you maybe didn't notice it at the time. He's like, no. hey, Jim, you got to stay. <laughs> no. Well, we didn't, we didn't, can't, didn't use the language that way right. in those, those, That's those true. days. That's true. We didn't talk about, well, God said this to you. No, we didn't talk that way. Nobody did. Does it, is that an okay change for you? Do you think that we do talk that way now? It's better. Yeah. It's better. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's better than. Kind of makes God more real in yeah. your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, was there, uh, what was a blessing for you in seminary? I know seminary was difficult for you, but was there a blessing in there? Seminary was not, di- what do you mean? Difficult or you, for okay, me? you didn't like what it. What are you saying? <laughs> you didn't love seminary. No. Um, was there was there some good things in there though for you? The thing I liked the best about seminary was the main guys that I really yeah. enjoy. Yeah, that, that was very good. Yeah, uh, but I always thought that seminary—if you weren't mature before you went—you were worse off for being there. Yeah, because it delayed your maturation. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, because you're just not. Yeah, like you said, you're like going to school. Are you going to class? You're going to, to mass, and you're going to eat. Yeah, not a lot of— uh, didn't make, You didn't have to make any—we weren't allowed to leave the campus, remember. Oh, right, We right. couldn't do anything, didn't have to have cars—couldn't have cars. Yeah, that really does change it, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you made it out okay. Uh, <laughs> it seems like you did. So it, uh, <laughs> it, like I say, it was not a, a good system. Sure, sure. You didn't have to— there any responsibility? Mm-hmm. I don't think. Mm-hmm. It does seem like that is changing a bit with the propedeutic gear that we have now, where they start out. They um, certainly, I know I've been in the house where the the guys are, and they have to learn how to cook themselves. They have to they have to do for themselves there, and really learn how to be men, which is great. So I think that's a good improvement. At least it seems so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll have to watch and see how yeah. it works out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, um, so if you just joined us, we're talking to Father Jim Bream about his life as a priest. So um, there's been a few things. You've been a priest for many years. Um, can you tell us some of the parishes you were at? Uh, sure. As a young guy, I was in a Holy Family in Mitchell, South Dakota. And then uh, I was a couple years in uh, Tyndall and also into uh, Canton. Okay. Um, but then my most years were Sioux Falls, St. Therese. Priesthood, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Did you like the bigger parishes over the smaller parishes? Is there, is there a big, there's got to be a big difference in being a oh, pastor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it yeah. is. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, was it, is it harder to be, uh, maybe that's not the, what, is, are there more challenges in a bigger parish or a smaller parish, do you think? Of course, there's more, a lot more people. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I, I believed in trying to get to know people, oh, yeah. know what they're about. So that's a huge job for somebody that thinks that you should know the people. <laughs> yes, for sure, and, for sure. And that's hard to get done. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you did a pretty good job of that when you were with those bigger parishes? I do, yeah. I think. I I feel I did a good, as good a job as I could. <laughs> good. Yes. It's good to come out of there without too many regrets, right? <laughs> well, I, a lot of times I apologized when I left. Sure. Anytime, any way that I didn't apologize when I should have, 
uh, and yeah. Like that. Yeah. So there were a few things that um, especially stood out to you during your time. Uh, you mentioned that there was a, a, a time when there was a strike at Morell's. Can you tell us about that and what you were able to do? Well, the, the uh, management at Mount Morell's wanted to break the union. Mm-hmm. And so the union was, of course, opposed to that. And so uh, my parish was St. Therese in Sioux Falls. All laboring people. I was going to say, probably a at, lot of people worked Morels, there. Yeah. And so I stood up for them mm-hmm. and led a couple of their rallies. Uh, it, my name was all over the paper for that summer. Yeah. Um, very tense time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I felt I should support. And of course, the church supports the labor unions. Yes. Yeah. Going back to Pope. Uh, Actually, the name escapes me right now. Uh, I can't help you with that one. <laughs> yeah. In the end of the last, uh, about 100 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I stood up for the laboring people. And, mm-hmm. and of course, the company won't run out. They broke the union. So oh. It, Morell's is not what it used to be. Right, right. Well, it's good to have uh, someone like you in their corner. You, you just seem like very much a priest of the people, kind of. Uh, where you're really interested in helping them get where they need to be. Um, so another thing that you mentioned was that um, people, when you left a parish, people said a certain thing to you a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So so besides the uh, standing up for the lay people in this uh, uh, the morale strike, I, I've always proud that I did the right thing. Mm-hmm. But also... When I left a couple places, one of the big things that people always told me was, we will miss your presiding and preaching. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe, I mean, I appreciate that because I really work hard on how to preside, how to preach, and stuff like that. Yeah. Did you ever think, okay, because I'm just realizing now that you had a stutter that you had to overcome and yet everybody loves you because of your preaching, the thing you were most afraid of. <laughs> that's a miracle right that, there. That's why I worked so hard. Yeah. That's one of the ways to overcome the stuttering. Yeah. That I I had to pre- carefully prepare how I'm going to say something. Right. Because if I, if I didn't prepare it, then I might be using a word that I will stutter right. down the, the next sentence. Right. And I couldn't do that. Right. I just... Couldn't. Right. But you were obviously very understandable for people, very clear in yeah. your preaching. Um, I suspect you have a heart for it. Yeah, I like I really like it. Yeah. When I really get get finally get the thing figured out, what I want to say. <laughs> yep. And my goal is always about eight or nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh finally get it figured out. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. 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 Okay, so is has that been over the years your favorite part of being a priest, or is there another thing that was your favorite part? I think that would be my. I'd have to say. Yeah. I, I love that more than anything. Yeah. Good. And and people responded to it, yes. which was good. You no, know, people say, "Well, nobody pays any attention to what you say." <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. That's not no. true. No. Because if you if they know you worked at it, they yes. will. You can tell. Yes. Whether they're listening or not. Yeah. And if you consistently speak to them in a way that helps them live their faith better, yeah, 
then I think they they will always listen to you when you speak. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's really helpful. Yeah. Um, what was the most challenging thing as a priest? One of the things that bothers me the most is called clericalism. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that for those who don't know what that is? It's it's a process whereby the clergy assume they have a special place mm-hmm. uh, because of the training or whatever. They have a special place. Their training sets them above people. Mm-hmm. That that pretty fair statement of what clericalism mm-hmm. is. Yep. In other words, you you have a you wear special clothes. You have a title. <laughs> yep. And also, you have a special place in the lot food line. Nobody tells you to go to the back of the right. line. Right. <laughs> Drives me nuts. Yes. Um, and that's a danger for both both. In, in a priest's mind, but also in the laity's mind. Exactly. Right? Yes. Very How did you experience that? Like, have you seen that around? Did that? Did people try to kind of put that on you? Oh, How people did you will, oh, people will put it on you all the time. Sure. If you let them. So how did that happen? Like, can you can you give an example? Uh, I, I don't want to have the first, yeah, you don't have to, yeah. eat the first potato yeah. <laughs> at, a, at a funeral lunch. <laughs> sure. I don't need to go first. No? Nope. I don't. Right. I can eat it last. Yes. Well, somebody has to be last. Right. Uh, but they will always put you in that special. And then it's happened to me more than once. When you, if you if you let them put you first, then people will not always come and sit with you. Oh, sure. They'll think somebody else is going to yeah. want to sit with him. Yep. How do you feel then eating the whole meal by, by your, yourself? By yourself. Yeah. So it's a very dangerous thing right. to to buy into clericalism. Yeah. You think you're above people. Yep. And for the lady that that a priest is above people, they're they're you don't want them to think that that way either. I know there's a special place right. for the priest, <laughs> but it's not superiority in those areas. Right. Right. Because you got to use the title. No, I don't need to use the father, mm-hmm. the term father. Mm-hmm. I can get along very well with Jim Bream. Right. <laughs> In fact, I like it better. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. But after 60 years of hearing Father Bream, it's probably kind of stuck in there, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, I don't use it anymore. Sure. I don't. Sure. Uh, Except when you come in here and I say it all the time, huh? <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm in the Prince of Peace retirement home. Yes. And that's where I live now. Yeah. And of course. You're Jim Bream. I'm Jim Bream. Yeah. Now, some have not gotten that done yet, <laughs> but most have. Good. Yeah. Good. How has it been in retirement? How are you enjoying it? Uh, I'd say out of 1 to 100, I'd give it about a 90%. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. You like where you are. I do. Yep. Yep. Uh, it, it's just a lot of adjustment. Yeah. Uh, you had to get, I had to get rid of a lot of stuff. Oh, I bet so. And I and, and a lot of times I was sick, health mm-hmm. reasons. Why I lit, sold my home and why I went to Prince of Peace was health reasons. Sure, yeah. And so some of the times when I was moving, the health thing got oh, in the way. Oh, sure. And so I don't know where people put my stuff. Oh, no. I don't. Oh, no. So yeah. it might be still around somewhere. <laughs> it might be, yeah. Probably in the basement of my old home. Oh, 
But oh, gosh. See, somebody else owns it. Yeah. And I bet if you put your collar on and you knock on the door, they might let you in. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. But is, isn't that awful? It is. I see exactly what you're saying because there I just did it, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I totally just did it. You, I'm you, so you sorry. You re- relied on it to get your own way. That's right. I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. So you're me. not. I can tell. <laughs> no, I am. <laughs> Okay, so we only have a couple minutes left. Um, I want to make sure that uh, we do two things. Um, you had mentioned that there's something that is not happening enough in the world that you wish was happening more often, or that people were doing more of. Reading. Oh, that, oh reading. Yes. Yeah. Can yeah. you tell me what 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 is it that? Tell me why. Reading I mean, I know it seems reading obvious, reading but puts you in a different world. Yes, it broadens your mind. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah, yeah. It helps you build your faith. It can. helps you get to know God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's a bigger world. Yes, absolutely. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think reading it, it's hugely important, and it's definitely not done enough anymore. No, no. So. Okay, so this is coming from a priest who. Didn't, who said he was going to quit seminary. But if a young man came to you and said, Father Bream, I maybe, or Jim Bream, I'm thinking about going to the seminary. What would you say? What would you, how would you advise that young man? It, it can be great mm-hmm. if you let it. Okay. Uh, uh, I've had chances for travel that I would have never had otherwise. Sure. And and then I used to take in refugees and uh, from different parts of the world oh, and wow. lived in my house. Uh-huh. And so that I always thought was a plus because I, I found out about a bigger world. Mm-hmm. So if you if you let the priesthood lead you to the bigger world, which you can have, great. But if you're going to try and keep limiting the priesthood to your concept of what it should be, mm-hmm. always and only. I think it's kind of not a very good life. Right, right. So make sure you're going there for the right reason. Yeah. 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 I think that's that's good advice. Yeah. Um, how can the people of the diocese help you as a retired priest? Be themselves the best people they know uh-huh. what to be. Yeah. Just be themselves. Mm-hmm. That lets me be more myself. Nice. Oh, that's great. I love that. And we'll pray for you too. Thank you. Because I think uh, I think that's always a good thing to do for our, for everyone, but especially our retired priests. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Father, thank you so much for coming in today. And uh, I may not I may not see you in I think it's August, right? When you celebrate your sixtieth. Yes. Uh, congratulations on having 60 years as a priest and thank you for being so appreciative of all the people who have helped you over the years. Thank you very much. it's really beautiful that you're doing that. This was, this was fun this morning to talk about that stuff. I'm glad. I I, I like talking about priesthood. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you came in. Yeah. All right. So I'm glad to do it. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. If you haven't found us already at social media, you can always find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube at SF Diocese. And of course, you can always come to sfcatholic.org for all the information uh, what's going on around the diocese. That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views.